0: Welcome to episode 11 Hello. of Live Lunch. The keen I may have noticed, we are at a different venue today. Yeah, We are not in our comfortable no. uh, studio at the Villas in Hove, but we are at Oasis in yes. Hangleton. We're still comfortable. Which is amazing. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very bright in here and the chairs are comfortable. Yep, uh, And we've got Joel Verger with us, most importantly. And... As long as two uh, more of you are gathered, he is here, ready to discipline us.
1: (laughs) And lunch is here.
0: Lunch is here. Lunch, yes, lunch. Mate, I've actually been really looking forward to introducing you to this type of food. This is from a place called Yefsis, Yefsis, Mm -hmm. which have just started a a branch in Hove, but they have one on London Road in Brighton. uh, And they do amazing Greek food. Greek food. And I have on good authority that this Greek food is very very special mm-hmm. oh.
1: I've been eating some mm. it's nice very when nice. the food
0: was ordered for half 12 the coffee was ordered for half 12 so
1: it's a little bit cold
0: if, if it is a little bit cold yeah you only have yourself to blame
1: yeah I only have myself to blame yeah. that's fine
0: good welcome good to see you
1: I was I was I've been away I, was, I missed last week and we had yes Dr. Jones
0: yes welcome back we missed you mm. but Dr. Jones was a fantastic substitute
1: we call um, him Doctor Jones. He's not actually a PhD yet, yeah. but he is. He's, he's mentioned that. But he does remind us very much of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, so we call him that because he he is in so many ways just mm-hmm. like Indiana Jones. He, you know, he's, he he kind of digs things up from the past and and investigates them. Then he has snakes chasing him.
0: He has a whip in his he office. He has a whip.
1: Yeah. He, he um he beats up Nazis. He does. Yeah. He does. He does. Kills people. <laughs> it's just cruelly. Harshly kills but them. But
0: where were you last Tuesday? Why mm. weren't you at live lunch? All ten of your audience are
1: were despairing. Um, I I was uh, um. I don't even remember where I was. Where was I?
0: Good grief! Were you on holiday?
1: No, um, I was not on holiday. It was uh, Tuesday of last week. I was away with the court team. Yeah, so we had a team meeting, which through the whole day. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. So it's just boring work stuff, but it was—it wasn't boring. It was good, but it was um, yeah, it wasn't as exotic as a holiday I'm afraid. Are
0: you sure? I thought mm-hmm. if like you were away somewhere.
1: No, I remember. I was away, but I was away on a meeting. Okay. Yeah, We were we were in shore. So there you go. Anyway, we're back now. I'm back now, and that's what matters. Here we are. Hi everybody, and we're going to keep talking. Mm. So, mm. Johan, tell me about your week. Oh, what man, have you been
0: is amazing. We had a really big weekend. Well. Uh-huh. Um, Saturday was the Youth Culture Conference
1: Yes In The
0: O2 At the O2 in Wow London. a big deal Mate I just want to say You smashed it Wow uh, I really enjoyed your Your talk on wisdom Good um, Thank you Two amazing quotes The first one was um, I've gone blank on it I've, I've, I've a, <laughs> I actually wrote it down It says You don't just Drift into wisdom You've got to pursue it mm. You don't just like Amble along And, and get wise No you pursue it Yeah it brilliant yeah. It was so good So actively pursue wisdom yes um, and the another one was um, you you gain wisdom by submitting yourself to no sorry you gain freedom by submitting yourself to wisdom mm. and discipline mm. uh, and, and the the illustration of the the pianist a really good pianist mm. is one who plays with such freedom because they've They've trained and they've been disciplined and they've put yeah. in the effort and they've yes. put in the hours yeah. and they've worked really hard. Yeah, uh, so fantastic. No, a- um, Do you have any highlights or any 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 thoughts and comments from the youth culture conference? Oh, it was great. It
1: was it was a privilege doing um, the event in such a location. Um, mm-hmm. Using the O2 meant that we were we felt the sense of occasion, sense, sense of um, just the geography of it being in the the capital, being in a venue where. Uh, gives it gives it profile. Helps people to feel that they're part of something that's aiming to have an impact on the nation, and that's very much our our vision to serve to serve the next generation well, to serve their leaders, to serve their pastors, parents, youth leaders effectively, so that we can um, mm, be a blessing. So I I, I loved doing it there. The first time we used that location, and we got the you know we went for a big number, and we, we got a good number there. We got the number we wanted. So.
0: Are we doing it again mm. next year at the O2 again?
1: Well, we haven't made any final plans, but that, that's, that would make sense.
0: <laughs> well, they've, they've released the date. Oh, well, uh, in terms of...
1: bookings. Okay. Mm.
0: So it is happening.
1: Okay. So, so in that case, we have made final plans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I'm, I guess I'm thinking about the specifics in terms of how we do it, how long it is, and all that sort of stuff. Whether, but, yeah. you,
0: whether you'd be speaking and like that. Oh, great. So there will be a link on youthculture.org yeah. uh, for booking information on 2020. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you jet set off to somewhere else, off from London.
1: We, um, I was in Holland. I went to Amsterdam for the to serve the church there. I was with Matt Simmons and the, the team there it was fantastic. Loved being there. Um, I'd spoken the, the Sunday before in London for Emmanuel Church, Greenwich, about um, and then their site in New Cross later in the day uh, on one Corinthians chapter six about sex. And Stu Gibbs, the pastor there, he, he insisted that the title of my sermon should be Sex God. So he put Sex God up on the wall behind me. And I think I said this last time, that that was kind of a little surprising for me that that was the title. I think it had my name and then Sex God. And then Matt Simmons, who was in Amsterdam, he watched the message and he said, yeah, you should preach that message here when you're in Holland this, this Sunday. And I'd like to have the same title for it. So I, I, I resisted him, but he still, he, he counter-resisted as the pastor. He pulled rank and said, okay, you're speaking on this, this is your title. And, uh, and it just feels to me like I've kind of basically given birth to a tour. So the Sex God tour is, is kind of maybe coming to a town or city near you.
0: That
1: is amazing. Sex God. So it's got, it's got the question mark at the end, which I think is a little bit, underwhelming It sort of it makes me feel a little bit like maybe some point is being made there with a the question mark but anyway yeah. i just
0: feel I'm, but, I'm just constraining every urge to say something um you, on those lines you can you keep of,
1: you keep constraining yeah, would, well would, done would, well constrained just be quiet good man uh, mm.
0: i'm not saying anything great <laughs> sex god
1: just in the show notes what
0: <laughs> what did you what was what was the preach about
1: uh, it was it was it's from one corinthians twelve it 's from the part in New, Test- New Testament where Paul speaks about sexual immorality and tries to explain that the body is not um, irrelevant to who you are and it 's not like your body is not spiritual because mm. it's it's very it's very spiritual yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that sex and sexuality and physical things are not really the spiritual side of life, mm. when actually the Bible would say otherwise. The Bible would say actually uh, our, our bodies and our sexuality are a context for worship. It's mm. Our body is a temple. Mm. And so to use it uh, in a way that's immoral, to use it in a way that's not... In, in in the way that God designed it for is is not just a small thing it's actually a, a highly highly spiritual thing to, mm. and in a in a good or a bad way you know to, to to see sex like that not as something to be apologized over something to feel embarrassed about but neither is it something to be treated cheaply mm. and uh, that was the main point really.
0: brilliant yeah I'm looking forward to listening to it mm. um, we'll try and get a hold of the uh, <clears throat> the audio and get it out there somehow. Are you going to do it back at Brighton?
1: Well, I guess in different ways, maybe. The message keeps coming up because it's so important. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, Back at Emmanuel in Brighton, we are in the second part of our series on the book of Matthew. Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter. Do you know what I just realized? We have called the series God With Us. So that's the whole Matthew series going forward, not just this one. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be broken down into three sub-series. Yeah, that's right. The first one being called The Makings of an Overthrow. Yeah but this the we've called the series God with us. Yeah. And do you know that the Matthew's one and the Matthew one and two series which we did in December 2017. Mm-hmm. was called Emmanuel is coming. How do you plan that?
1: Not in any I think maybe subconsciously maybe at some deep yeah. level.
0: Emmanuel is coming and then God with yeah,
1: us. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, God with us is a big theme for us, isn't it with, mm. with our name and and I think Matthew as if, you know, it's a good Summary of a, of the theme of Matthew's gospel because it's it's got that kind of uh, threaded through right from the beginning where where the announcement is made uh, to Mary by by the messenger the angel that comes from God and you will give him his name Emmanuel which means God with us yeah. And it comes through in, in the story, Jesus as the presence of God with his people, God with us in the boat, God with us in the storm, God with us in our troubles, God with us on the far side of the sea, God with us in the in the graveyard, in the in the place of, of terror and sadness, and God with us. And then at the very end of the book, you've got Jesus sending his disciples into the world and saying, um, surely I will be with you to the end of the age. Yeah. And uh, so it's a big theme. Yeah. it's a a brilliant theme Matthew is an amazing book I just love the way it's just such a rich book it's just I'm loving it
0: yeah Yeah. Um, and so in the second part of the series we looked at John the Baptist Mm -hmm. baptising Jesus yeah Um, and I guess the most obvious question is why was Jesus baptised
1: yeah yeah I mean it's such a a a good question because it leads to a lot of big things
0: take your time to answer I'm just going to (laughs) enjoy
1: someone's got to eat yeah so so um, that's John's question. You know, why why are you coming to be baptized? You should be baptizing me. Um, obviously, struggling with the the, the idea. Um, Jesus doesn't need baptism, at least in one sense. Surely, he, he's the sinless one, and baptism is a baptism of cleansing. You know, it's why, why would why would this need to happen to Jesus. Why did Jesus get baptized? Is, it, is he saying, actually, actually, I am, I've been bad. You know, I, I, you think I'm a nice guy, but I'm actually a sinner. Is that what Jesus is saying? Uh, no, definitely not. In fact, he, he says that his baptism is necessary because of righteousness. He's saying it's because it's this is a good thing. This is an important thing. This is to fulfil what God has planned all along. And when you stop and unpack, what, what could God have planned all along? What's the thing? That Jesus' baptism fulfills, and uh, and you start to realise actually what Jesus is doing by being baptised is he's 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 being the 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 perfect human, um, but he's he's taking on the identity, if you like, or taking sharing with us our identity as fallen human beings. He's saying. I'm going to go through with you this process of identifying as as a sinner. I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to line up with you, queue up to be baptized as one of one of the guys that needs it. I'm going to be one of you, um, which is a huge thing. It's it's like I suppose in a way by being baptized, he was kind of saying I've I've. I've now basically booked myself on a journey to the cross because I'm, I'm assuming that role as fallen man. And so the only, the only outcome for this is crucifixion. I'm going to have to, if I take on this identity as, as, as one with sinful humanity, then I'm, I'm going to have to also share with you in your death. Yeah. And actually, him, him going down into the water... very much saying that he's going down into the waters of of baptism going down into the burial waters baptism is a sign of burial as much as anything else it it has all kinds of kind of implication all kinds of little clues and symbols things that hark back to israel's past they've gone down into the red sea uh when they went when they were being delivered by god from the slavery they went through the waters to come out the other side as free and 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 uh Jesus is kind of saying, Look, I'm, I'm bringing about a new exodus, a new freedom, but the only way I can do that is by coming into death with you, coming down into burial. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable thing that he should choose to identify with sinful humanity. It kind of reminds me of a story in, um, in, in one of the books by John White, who was a, a psychiatrist. And, and theologian, I guess, who wrote about 20, 30 years ago, a few books that are very good. But he talked about how on one occasion when he was a medical student, he was sent to a clinic to get uh, some information for a lecture that he'd missed. And he was told, you need to report to the clinic. The, the lecture was on venereal diseases, sexually transmitted diseases. And he, he, he was sent, he said, oh, I missed the lecture. He oh, you need to go down to the STD clinic. To get the notes, and um, so he turns up at the STD clinic, and it's a medical medical uh, university, and there's loads of students, and loads of students are queuing up to get their their uh, jabs because they've they've contracted diseases uh, through through just sleeping around, and he's a, a nice Christian boy, you know, he's, he's he's not he's not like that, he's not immoral, he thinks, you know, I, I, I'm not one of them, so he shows up to get the notes, and. Uh, He's told you know, you need to wait in line if you want if you want to be served here. And he says, no, 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 I've come to get the lecture notes. And he says, and the guy says, I don't care what you come to get. You you wait in line. So, so he's kind of no, no, you don't understand. I'm I just I need I've just told to get some lecture notes, not to queue up for a vaccination or 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 a some kind of uh, penicillin or whatever antibiotics against some VD thing. That's not I haven't got that. And uh, the guy said, I don't care. You just queue up. So he's sitting there and the feeling humiliated, feeling like I, I can't believe I'm being treated like one of these students that's got an STD. I'm, not, I'm I haven't been doing what they've been doing. Yeah. And then he realizes he's he's this is exactly what it was like for Jesus, just waiting, just being one of us, just kind of being identified as a sinner, and actually going down into baptism. You think what what did the River Jordan represent at that point? You know, this is like the it's kind of the. The cleansing of all of our sins, human sin, if you like, you know, if you could imagine it as the, all the dregs, you know, after some after you've washed a little kid in a in, a, in a, in the bath or in the sink, it's kind of, you know, there's a, the water's not very clean, if it's, you know, your baby getting his first bath, or, you know, an adult for that, for that matter, it's like not, not clean water, no one wants to use it after particularly, Jesus goes down into the water that's been washing people's sins away, and, um, I I just, I love that. I find that staggering that Jesus follows us into the water. It reminds me of that scene in in the, the end of the first Lord of the Rings film where Sam follows Frodo, and he, he says, Wait for me. And he, he tries to get into the river, uh, to get to the boat. He has to just sort of wade across the water and he can't even swim. But he's like, I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. Yeah. And it, it, I love that because it, it sort of reminds me, Jesus, in order to say, I'm coming with you, he said, I'm, I'm with you. I'm Emmanuel. I'm coming with you. He's coming with us even into the waters of our sin, even into our shame and all of our misery. And all grow all the grossness all the disgustingness of us of our past swirling all around him yeah. you know, all the sewage if you yeah. like and he just gets ducked right down under it yeah. and he said like, okay bring it on and and this is the one of things while he comes out of the water and he's kind of if you like covered in all the sewage of sin in the sense that he's identifying with us in our need and saying I will suffer your Shame! I will come. Un- I will suffer. I will go- walk through it. I will be one of you, yeah. even to death. Yeah. It's at that point that God the Father in heaven yeah. says, "This is my beloved Son, in whom but, I am well But just with.
0: before we touch on that, because I know you yeah. wanted to speak a little bit about that. Yesterday, I watched um, this document. It it's not a documentary, but it was, it's kind of. It's called Extreme Everest with uh, and Milo. I can't forget remember his name. Hmm. Uh, he's an ex military guy. Who um, who climbs Mount Everest, uh, and it's just him, a Sherpa, and his cameraman that that do the the climb to the summit. Big, burly, like built like a tank, a guy from I think he's from Essex, um, ex-military guy. And he, at, at at the start, at the he, he lands in Nepal, uh, and then he gets to his his Sherpa, um, goes into the Sherpas' village, which is at the at the base of of Mount Everest. Uh, nowhere near, even in the start of the climbing process mm. or journey. And he says, for me to really, this guy's going to get me to the top of the mountain. And for me to really get to the summit of Everest, I need to become like this Sherpa. And I need to, uh, So he, he goes in into their homes and they, they feed him a meal, which is some vile looking mm concoction of, of mm. things, and he's, mm. he says this his rank. <laughs> but he knows it's it's got the right nutrients yeah, and yeah. stuff in him to then make the climb. And then he begins, it, it's amazing, it's on Channel 4 at the moment. And, and you start off being quite inspired by the journey, yeah, it's yeah, amazing, yeah. I, yeah, I would yeah. start training for this. Yes. And then they get to like camp, uh, level four, uh, I think it's base camp four, or camp four, which is the death zone. So from camp four, it's the last point before the summit. Uh, and between Camp Four and the summit, yeah. the there are people's dead bodies or the dead bodies strewn around because those are the people who didn't make the climb or who didn't get back down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so even when he's climbing up, he, the camera points to a body. Uh, I think it's the body's in a, uh, in like a suit or something, so you can't really see yeah. see the faces. But I remember when I did watch a documentary on Mount Everest some some time ago, you you're surprised that they, they just have to leave the bodies up there. Yes, they can't yeah. bring the bodies back no, down. But no. anyway, he gets to the, the summit of Mount Everest. And that last bit, it just totally diffuses any, any sense of bravado saying, yeah, I could do this. You're like, oh, man, no way. There's no chance of me getting to the summit. My, my whole point is, I think in some ways, that sure power is kind of what Christ does to us. Yes. Where, you now, where you've seen Jesus being baptized and... Mm. and then saying, I know the way up to the summit, I know the way up mm. to the Father, and do this. You've got to, I guess, consume. We mm. I mean, don't read too much into the analogies. Mm. Uh, but you, as big and as hench and as stacked, and whatever your background might be, mm. you've just got to become like this humble man who says, this is how you get to the summit.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: And then Jesus demonstrating. He identifies with us, but... Mm. Now uh, on this side of, of the cross, we can look back mm. at what what Jesus did and say, mm. "If Jesus showed me the way to do it, then mm. I'm going to do it." Yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what's the documentary documentaries. Sure, uh, yeah. climbing Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, going back to what you ended with, where you said well, that moment when when Jesus went down and came back out, and then his voice thundered from heaven, saying, "This is my son." <laughs> what did it sound like? Can you imagine? <laughs> what language was it in? Yeah, yeah. How many people understood it? How many people heard it? Can you imagine just a voice from heaven? Yes, yes. Booming out, saying, this yeah. is my son.
1: And the dove descending, yeah. or the, the Holy Spirit descending it in the must form been quite of a quite a dramatic a dove.
0: moment if you were yeah. one of the thousands that had come to, to yes. be baptized after hearing John the Baptist preaching. Yeah, yeah. Why did God choose that moment to say, this is my son, in such a well? I, way?
1: I, I, it's... It's um. It does seem striking, doesn't it, that it's that moment. I think it's the beginning of his public ministry. He's being identified publicly, and so God the Father is saying, "This is my Son. This is who He is. I want you to identify Him. As, I want you to understand Him." Um, on a spiritual level, not everybody could or, or would understand Him that way. But but nevertheless, God the Father is speaking. I think. What I think is so moving and striking is it does give us a, a, a notion of the heart of God. Jesus is, is at the point where he's identifying with, with, with sinners. He's showing an interest and a desire to serve and save and seek the lost. And it's at that point that God the Father says, I'm so pleased with him. I identify with him. He's my, my boy. That, look at him. He's mine. It's not like God the Father is, is, is embarrassed or God the Father is like, you know, let's, let's do this whole redeeming sinners thing through a backdoor route. You know, sometimes people will have to do that in companies or you know, in situations where it's like to sort of come to someone's rescue is beneath the dignity of the firm or the royal family. Uh, or whatever you know it's like we, we let's let's keep this person's shame covered uh, but let's do it in a in, you know let's not let's not let's pretend it never happened basically let's pretend it never happened because we don't want to shame the the leader or the organization let's keep it quiet keep it very quiet churches even do that I guess in different ways you know kind of let's just keep this quiet and it's curious that well, it's, it's striking that that God the Father is not the one who says, "Jesus, just go quietly and save the world from their sin." Let's pretend it never happened. But it, it's kind of—he's pleased to own it publicly. So I'm I'm involved in this. I love this. I'm so delighted in my Son at this point, and I I think that says a lot about the nature of God. That the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all involved at this great statement of intent. This great statement of identifying. With with fallen Adam, yeah. God God the Trinity yeah. steps in, yeah. um, and I guess that helps. It, perhaps some people who might think, well, I, I can see Jesus as a kind savior who comes to my rescue, but is that really what God is like? Is that really the is that the heart of God, or is He just kind of half and half, half God and half not? You know, but but no, God is God. The Father is saying, that I'm I'm entirely with Him in this. This is my heart. What you love about Jesus, that's in me as well. Um, And I I think it's a a showing something of the beauty of God there. And it's it's, it's so many other things about the story—the way the Spirit descends on Him and and speaks words of affirmation and love—long before, well, before Jesus has done His ministry, before Jesus Mm. has, has proved Himself in that sense, He's being affirmed. And so the Christian can know. If I'm in Christ, he, if he's been baptised with me, which he has, if he's gone down into my waters of sin, I'm raised up with him. I'm raised up to righteousness with him, to ruling, to dignity and honour, to purity and innocence, to the Father's pleasure. So what the Father says over the Son, he says over me. And Jesus prays for that in John 17. You know, let them have the glory that I have with you. and the, he, He's he wants us to know he's we're loved with the same love so when you read the father saying this is my beloved in whom i'm well pleased yeah. it's honestly true that the christian can say that's that's how god speaks over me and the spirit descends to make this real in us so, so every christian should be saying always holy spirit fill me i'm going to feel <laughs> the affirmation of the father yeah. um, which is what you know there's lots in scripture lots of very good parts of the Bible to kind of push this home. Um, Galatians four, Romans chapter eight, Ephesians chapter one, those will be places to start.
0: It is amazing that God relates to us as children, mm. his children, not just as his servants or, mm. or his followers but his sons and daughters. Mm. And there is that real sense of affection that that God has for us. Yes. And I think it's primarily because we are Rooted in Christ, where yeah. we clothe ourselves in in Christ, yes. um, like Jacob clothes himself, like Esau. Yes, to get the Father's blessing. Obviously, there's no deception yeah. before before God. But yeah,
1: that's a helpful picture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so, when so when we we come to the Father through Jesus, it means that we're clothed in Jesus. Mm. We're clothed in Him. Mm. And so, when you see this dramatic expression of God's love for yeah. His Son, yeah this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, is booming out yes. of heaven. Is yeah. there, I can't. I can't I mean, you probably know, but is there another instance in the scripture where something like that happens? I don't know.
1: Is there another, is there
0: another instance in scripture? When,
1: well, there's, the, there's a couple of places where the father's voice is heard yeah. during Jesus' ministry publicly, yeah. and one of them is at the transfiguration, yeah. where it's, this is my son, listen to him. Yeah. Um, and and it, that's a whole different, you know, yeah, That's a whole yeah, different yeah. podcast because yeah. it's such a powerful story. You know, you've got Moses there and Elijah there, and God the Father says, "Listen to him, yeah." Uh, listen to Jesus, um, and then and then there's the time when when Jesus speaks of God glorifying His name and, and uh, through Him, and and the Father's voice is heard saying, yeah. "I have glorified it, and I will glorify." and it's it's uh, and, and it's interesting because the, the crowd hears the voice yeah. but people say oh it's just it's a storm it's a th- it's thunder we don't know what it is which is interesting you think i wonder how often that's the story with us that god is speaking all the time yeah uh, the bible says the heavens declare the glory of the lord yeah. <laughs> literally that's what's happening every morning we wake up in, in in the morning see the see the sky god is speaking yeah. god is speaking um, the question is whether we hear it. And I think that's true for us as Christians. Mm. If it's true that God is saying, this is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased, mm. if he's saying that over you, the, the real possibility is that we can just be a bit deaf and we can, or for whatever reason, we can be resisting it. And saying, yeah, I don't really think that's God saying that. That's just the thunder. That's just, a, that's just noise. And we, I think, need to be careful. <laughs> I think, no, no, wait a minute. If God is speaking, we have no right to argue with him. If I think, well, God, he, I know he loves my, my friend or my, my, my family member, or he loves you because you're a pastor. Or, but if no, if you're in Christ, then you need to stop arguing. You yeah. need to say, okay, I believe I mean, this statement, that, yeah. you, that your love is for me. <laughs> and that, there's, a, there's a bit of a changing of mind that sometimes has to happen to help us to start to receive the yeah. words of affirmation.
0: And we do that in Jesus. We don't do that in our own, exactly. in our own rights or yeah. our own wrongs or exactly. Today I've earned God's affection have earned God's yeah. love. But or say, or, or no, I, I'm,
1: I'm loved because I'm such a cute cute guy, really. you know. That, of course God loves me. I'm lovely. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the point. You've, that's, that's a dangerous place to stand. No. In Christ, yes. in Christ alone, uh, and then just just receive the affirmation that God gives through Him.
0: Brilliant. Um We've come to the end of our time together. Do you have any resources that you want to recommend to help people really understand what does their union in Christ look like? What does it look like to be in Christ?
1: this This is all to do with union with Christ. In fact, these chapters, even this coming Sunday, we're looking together at Emmanuel, at Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And there's a lot there about our union with Christ and what it means that he faced temptation for us and on our behalf and how that helps us when we're tempted. I think the theme of union with Christ is one of the most unappreciated in the Bible and one of the most important well, for the Christian. And so anything that helps you understand it is valuable. I think there are a few few books straight away I'd mention. One of them is a really good, simple uh, uh, book that I'm actually, I've just been recently reading called Union with Christ by, uh, I think his name is Rankin Wilburn, which is a, a little unusual. Uh, Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N. Wilburne, W I L B O U R N E. So that's a that's a one of the best intros to this subject you could come across. So practical, so helpful, so biblical. I really recommend it. One of my favorite books on it is actually Michael Reeves's book. Yeah. And I I think that's just one of the the most fun and helpful books. I like Michael Reeves so much. Yeah. He's such a blessing. I love everything he writes. But this particularly, it's it's just called Life Life in Christ. Is it? Yeah. Life in Christ, it's a short book. It won't take long to read, but it's got pictures in it. I mean, there yeah, you go. You, you can, Me and you can read it. Uh, but Reeves is, is, is superb on this. Just helps your mind to think and helps your heart to, to rejoice in this stuff.
0: Brilliant. Thanks so much, mate. Um, welcome to Oasis again. Thank you, Oasis, for having us. Thank you, Oasis. There's nobody around, but we're just thanking Oasis generally. Uh, see you next week. We will be... Oh, you might not be around next week, right? You might be away.
1: Yeah, but But that shouldn't stop you from tuning in to live live. And if if I'm not here, it's more likely to be on time as well. Yes,
0: and it will be on time. See you later.
1: Cheers, guys.